series. Um, I titled it uh, Summertime, because hopefully it's summer, I hope. Um, and as I was praying and studying on what to share, I thought this would be uh, something fun to get into as we're getting into warmer weather. Um, I, I like that picture a lot better than what I have outside here, but um, it, I thought this would be something good for us, especially for us being in South Dakota. Um, you know, what I love about summer is that we're done with winter, and what I hate about summer is that it's just a couple months and we're back in winter. Um, so, you know, you know, only people in South Dakota can understand that feeling. Um, and as we are moving into the summer, that also means we're halfway done uh, with this year, if you, can, if you can believe it. Um, and I want to see in your life, as well as my own life, uh, to not just let up since we're halfway done, right? Sometimes we do that, right? We all remember in January we had 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? And we get all excited. Some of us maybe made New Year's resolutions or whatever the case is. And I'd be willing to bet if I were to ask, and I won't ask people to raise their hands, how many people are actually still following through with those. But I don't want us to, to stop just because we're halfway through the year, right? We want to finish this year strong. We want to continue to move forward. And so that's kind of why I decided to, to do this message is this, I thought it would be a great opportunity to kind of kick back off so we can finish the year well. Um, so today we're going to start off with talking about joy. Um, and, you know, most of us don't have a joy mentality all the time, right? Uh, a joy mentality. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I want to talk about is, is the actual mentality of joy this morning. Even during the tough times, and I'm not just talking about weather or being here in South Dakota, but also in the valleys that we go through because we all know uh, we go through those seasons, right? Uh, thank you. You guys are so exciting this morning. I guess all the pe exciting people are on vacation today. Uh, joy in the Greek, uh, it, it is actually kara. It means cheerfulness, calm, delight, or gladness. Pretty simple definition, right? But why is it so difficult to have? Why is it so difficult that we struggle to have joy? In fact, looking at some of your faces this morning, some of you need joy. All right? I think that, it, you know, but we all remember the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all those things. So we're meant to have joy, but then why is it that a lot of us struggle with it? To find true joy. And this morning I'm praying that we get that full understanding of what joy actually entails and we're going to hit our uh, main scripture for this series. It's in Matthew chapter uh, 3, verse 2. It says, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, so many people think they hear the word repent and they think of it as a negative thing. Okay? Repent is not, all, it is not really meant to be a negative. It's meant to be a positive to change your perspective. Okay? To change your perspective or your direction. Okay? Some of us this morning, when it comes to joy, that's what we need. We need to change our perspective our direction and where we're going, okay? We need to understand that, you know what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It happens here on earth. We all love the Lord's Prayer. It says, you know, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, right? That means it's supposed to happen here, okay? So some of us need to change our perspective and our direction. Um, and that's why, why some of us struggle with joy is we, we don't like to change the way we look at things. Like I said, it's, it's saying here, change your perspective of your direction to a different kingdom, God's kingdom. That's why it says the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's, it's telling you to change your mindset to God's kingdom. 
I know some of you are thinking that I'm picking on you this morning, but let me, let me tell you this morning, I'm a terrible king of my own kingdom. Okay? That's why I have to change my perspective. That's why I need to renew my mind daily to the things of God because I'm not a good king of my own kingdom. Okay? I need to put my focus and my attention and change my direction and perspective to the kingdom of God so I can see him work inside of me. Okay? Then I can be filled with joy. Hear me this morning. In today's world, all you have to do is turn on the news, look at social media, listen to people to know that people are not living in joy today. There are people that are living in depression, anxiety, fear, and worry. If you're one of those people this morning, if you don't hear another thing this morning, hear me this. God has, has not promised you to a life of depression. He's not promised you a life of anxiety or fear or worrying. He's promised you joy. God does not want you to live in that condition. He has something so much better for you. You're a son or a daughter of the one true king, and just like any other father, he wants to see you succeed, to see you blessed, to see you living based upon the giftings he has given you, and he wants to see you full of joy. Who doesn't want that, right? You may even be saying, well, you don't know my situation. If you knew what I've gone through or am going through, you would understand why I don't have joy today. And you know what? You're right. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the situations you've gone through or the things you're going through even today. But those things doesn't change what the Word of God says and what He wants for your life. Has being depressed, anxious, or worried helped you at all? doesn't add anything to your life, does it? I'd be willing to bet... It hasn't, so why not change your perspective and direction? Henry Ford said it this way. He said, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. Hear me this morning. Even in the middle of the worst situations, you still can have joy in the Lord, and I promise you it will serve you a lot better than wallowing in what we want to wallow in. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We all love that message. The joy of the Lord is your strength. But my thing with that is it says, do not grieve. Don't grieve. It's not, it, when we're grieving, it's, it, this isn't a time of depression. It's not a meant for a time of anxiety or fear or worrying because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Why do you think it was written? Because even in the worst imaginable days, the joy of the Lord does not change. It's our strength. All the world's solutions to getting joy will always fall short. I don't have it in the notes this morning, but realistically, I think I've shared on it before, but remember, happiness is what the world's joy is. It's all based upon emotions. That's all it is. Happiness is an external thing. It's something that you see on the outside, but in the inside, you, you still may not have actual joy. Joy is meant to be an internal thing. Okay? It's something that's supposed to drive us. It gives us strength. It gets us to what we're reaching to. gets us out of those valleys. But happiness is a roller coaster in our lives, is it not? Some of you that are here during the wintertime, I see that roller coaster. Okay? <laughs> But that's the problem with happiness is it, it becomes, it does, it's not really who we are. It's just, 
an emotion that comes out. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is something that God has called us to have, to fill us up, to, to even during those tough times where maybe things are going on in our life, we can still be filled with joy no matter what. So this morning I'm going to give you three truths where joy really comes from. Number one, joy comes from knowing God has a plan for my life. Real joy happens when even when I'm having a bad day, it does not disrupt me because it does not become the plan of my life. If you don't know how God made you, why God made you, then everything else in life will define your life. Let me say that again. That's good, guys. I didn't even hear anything. Come on. If you don't know how God made you or why God made you, then everything else in life will define your life. But if you know who you are and that God has a plan, it really doesn't matter what you're going through because God has a plan for your life. Too many of us allow our circumstances or problems to define who we are. We all have problems, but it's my purpose that prevails, not my circumstance or issues. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, It was the joy set before him that he endured the cross. Think about that for just a moment. The joy that helped him to endure the cross. Because he knew there was a plan in it all. He knew what was going to come out of it by him being put up on that cross, by him taking those lashings, by putting those nails into his hand and his feet, by putting that, the crown of thorns on him. He went through all that. He endured all that because of the joy of knowing that God already has a plan for it. All those things he went through, Pastor Charlie shared on it during uh, the month of April, all those things he went through was for you and for your life. those stripes that, that cause us healing, the blood that, that, that washes over us for forgiveness and, and that he's put us into a new covenant with him. That is what we want here at Harvest Church is, is that you know who you are, how God made you, why he made you, that you go with confidence that God has a plan for you and until you do, it will be difficult to have real joy. Let's look at Psalms chapter 16, verse 5 through 11 says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. What he's saying there is, Lord, you're, you're, you're my everything. You're my portion and my cup. He's saying, you're my everything. You've set my, you've set my boundary lines. You've, you've put me where I am on purpose. You, you're not just, I'm not where I'm at on accident. Some of us need to remember that sometimes we think to ourselves that we're just where we are by happenstance. God's placed you exactly where you are on purpose. The boundary lines have fallen for me in, my, in, me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He's called you to where you are. And if we go back to that previous slide, if you could, Brian, please, thank you. It says, 
I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. And if anybody was here the last time I shared, he's really talking about Shijanath. And if you weren't here when I shared a couple months ago, the idea is, is to praise and worship God with everything you had. It's the idea of I'm going to praise you with exclamation points. And sometimes that's the joy that we need to get in our, in our hearts today. This is because when we're going through these tough things, it's really difficult to do that, isn't it? It's difficult to praise him with exclamation points when, when everything around us seems like it's falling apart. But it says, I will not be shaken. Even if the world around me is shaking, I'm not going to be shaken. And therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. It says here, it says, even, you'll even rest better. Why? Because he will not abandon you. He has made our past known, and when I know God has a plan for me, he fills me with joy in his presence. Rick Warren's wife, Kay Warren, said it in a book that she wrote. She put it this way. She said, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. Number two, certain that God will work it out. Joy comes when, he, when you know he's going to work it out, right? This is an easy one to say, but a difficult one to follow through with. You feel like you're following the path God has placed in front of you, and then boom, a roadblock. And we quickly become disheartened, most of us, don't we? We become disheartened because we hit something, we're like, well, God told me to do this, and then all of a sudden something gets thrown in our way, and it's like, let's hold the horses. And we just stop. But hear me this morning, when you hit that roadblock, God is already working in ways you don't even know about. And trust me, it's going to work out. Some of the happiest people are the ones that have gone through a struggle or an issue. And after getting through it, they're the, they, they see how God worked it out in their lives. I think we've all been through that, right? Where something happened in our life. And now that we can look back at it, we're like, well, it had to be God, Right? There's no way I could have gotten through that. So only God could have gotten me through that. And it's like, he's got my back. Right? The thing is, is if we already know that God will work it out to his glory and what he has, has for you, then we can have joy even when the roadblocks come. Some of you do need to put on the brakes and stop pushing God's plan. Let me tell you, his plan is it's always the perfect timing. His plan is always greater than any plan you could ever come up with. And I guarantee you, if you live in the fact of having faith, God will work it out and it will be amazing because it was his plan and his timing and not our own. 1 Peter 1.8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. When I love and believe in him, even when you don't see him, you're filled with a joy. Let me tell you this morning, no matter the issues that you're going through this morning, God is already working a plan already. He's already working a plan to make it all work out. Sometimes I wonder how God will work it out. I have to keep telling myself that every time I see a spider. I think to myself, God, you know what? If you would have just told Noah... To smash those two spiders right there on the boat, I would have been a happier, happier man. But he's working out. He gave me a shoe. Um, 
It's okay to laugh in church, isn't it? Again, Kay Warren says it like this. Joy is the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. I just want to sing that song. Um, Some of you need to hear this this morning. Everything is going to be all right. Remember, God's going to work it out. Instead of me wallowing in my problems, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, where he's going to do it, but God is already working it out. He's already working the plan. Number three, when I choose joy. Joy does not come, um, it doesn't just come and find you. You need to go find it. It's not a matter of fact, it's a matter of choice. God has promised us joy, but we still have to go and choose it. I know things may not be going okay, but I'm going to choose to have joy even inside that situation. Philippians 4.4, 4. I love this message, we all know, or this verse, we all know it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Some of you guys have the joyce part. The problem is you don't have the rejoice. Okay? Some of us, we can end up having joy every once in a while, but the problem is, is, is rejoicing. Okay? And some of you are even going to probably leave here today and be like, oh, that was a, a great message. And within five minutes, in your car with your kids, you need to have rejoice. Okay, But he says, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, because... And the reason he says it again is because in that five words, you already forgot that you need to rejoice. It's really important. That's why he says it twice in that same verse. He's saying you need to rejoice even in, during these tough times. This coming from Paul, who is in prison... He thought it was important enough to even say it twice in case you didn't hear it the first time. Some of you may be surprised, and most of you won't be, but I'm a very detailed OCD person. It, it's made me a good leader. You guys laugh. I, obviously, you guys do know it. It's made me a good leader, but not always the best person to build relationships with. I know stuff has to be done, and I want it done right. And when I say right, it means my right. And I remember how Pastor, he's pulling me aside a few years ago saying to me, man, I love, you, I love how you're getting all this stuff done, but you're missing the entire reason why we are here. You're so task-orientated that you just walked past the 100 people that we're here to touch. I'll tell you now, there was no joy at that time. But you know what? He was right. The task, it, being a task-orientated person and walking past those 100 people that we're meant to touch it never got me anywhere. Never really got us anywhere. You know, I have to constantly work on having to choose joy in my times of my OCD to, not serve, to fix certain things. But to focus on relationships and hopefully affecting people's lives. Anybody see Winnie the Pooh? You guys have seen Winnie the Pooh? Fantastic. It's a great example of human emotion, though, wouldn't you think? You have the neurotic, depressed little piglet, a know-it-all owl that nobody wants to be around, a smart-aleck kangaroo, a naive poo, an always-depressed donkey. But you know what I'm going to be coming up to next is who? It's Tigger. Tigger always comes in bouncing and singing about the wonderful thing about Tiggers. Tiggers are a wonderful thing. 
Tops are made out of rubber. Their bombs are made out of springs. They're bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. And the best thing about triggers is that I'm the only one. That's what I love about Tigger. He comes in and he can change everything in a matter of seconds. Right? It doesn't matter what the situation is. You can ask Tigger and be like, hey, Tigger, you want to go pick apples? Well, sure, because that's what Tiggers do best. Some of us need to have the mentality of Tigger. We have the mentality of everything else that's in there, the, either the kangaroo or the owl or whatever the case is. And some of you need to have the mentality of Tigger to say, you know what, I'm going to have joy no matter what's going on in our lives. Let's see what Kay Warren says. Joy is the determined choice to praise God in all things. In all things. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 through 19. I put in the message because I liked it in the message a little bit better. It says, this commandment that I'm commanding you today isn't too much for you. Hear me that this morning, guys. The thing that God's commanding us, this joy, he's saying it's not too much for you. It's not out of your reach. It's not on a high mountain. You don't have to get on a mountain to climb the peak and bring it down to your level and explain it before you can live it. It's not across the ocean. You don't have to send sailors out to get it, bring it back, and then explain it before you can live it. The word is right here and now, as near as the tongue in your mouth, as near as the heart in your chest. Just do it. Look at what I've done for you today. I've placed in front of you life and good, death and evil. I place be- And I command you today, love God your God, walk in his ways, keep his commandments, regulations, and rules so that you will live, really live, live exuberantly, blessed by God your God in the land you're about to enter and possess. But I warn you, if you have a change of heart, refuse to listen obediently, and willfully go off to serve and worship other gods, you will most certainly die. You won't last long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that your children will live and love God, your God, listening obediently to him, firmly embracing him. It's not too much for you. It's not out of your reach by any standards. The word is right here and now you just have to do it. It says, I've placed in front of you a choice to live exuberantly. It's just another word of, for joy. Choose life so that you and your children may live a life that's exuberant. Okay, so all that was for free. So let's actually get to the word, all right? So I'm going to give you three ways this morning, coming from Paul, before you go, on how we can actually put joy into our lives. Because that's important, right? We don't want to just hear the word. We want it to be practical in our lives, right? So um, I love Paul because he had such a horrible life. It makes me feel good sometimes. Um, but he constantly talked about joy. In fact, he wrote, in, uh, wrote Philippians, which is really only four chapters long, and it's really all about joy. He writes the book in prison, waiting to be executed, So before you disregard what uh, you hear this morning, I don't see any of you in shackles, and I don't see any of you waiting to be executed this morning, are you? All right? So you don't have it as bad as Paul did. I promise you that. All right? Even while he was in prison, he received letters from outside uh, outside, uh, with rumors being spread about how 
uh, people are ruining this and that. But Paul says, I'm a person of joy, and I'm not going to focus upon those things, but I'm going to focus on the following. Number one, you have to choose to look beyond what happened. Too many of us won't look beyond what happened. We're wallowing in what just did happen. You're sitting there thinking about your bad day, and don't get me, don't get me wrong, I do it too. I'm no exception. But we need to look beyond what happened. Why? Because what happened, happened. Or my favorite saving, it is what it is. Now don't hear me, what, I, you know, what I'm not saying. You need to still take care of what happened, but you don't need to wallow in what happened. Okay? You need to understand and look beyond what, what did happen. Philippians 1.12 says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. <laughs> now, I, I love that, but I'm thinking to myself, it, there's no way I'd be feeling that way, right? We all, everybody's seen Passion of the Christ, right? Okay. You know the 39 lashings Jesus received? Paul received five times. He was being with rods. He was stoned, not the good kind. He was shipwrecked. He was all these things. You guys, I can't, I can't laugh like that. <laughs> he was all these things, right? He was beaten. He was abused. He had all these things happen, and yet he says, you know, everything that's happened to me, even me being in prison, it's actually served to advance the gospel. God was and is in work, even now is what he's saying. Think about it. I wonder if he had been in prison, if we would have had some of the books of the Bible. What the enemy meant for bad, God did something great. Number two. You have to choose to find new opportunities. Not only is Paul writing these books for the word, but he's saying, I'm going to make sure that everybody I can reach is going to hear about God. This jailer who is chained to me is going to get to hear about how great my God is. Philippians 1, 13 through 14 says, As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in, the cha- in chains for Christ and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters had become, what, even more confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul didn't just sit there and wall on the fact that he's sitting in prison. And let me tell you, the prison there was quite a bit different than the prisons we deal with today. It was usually underground. There was usually barely any lighting, if there was any at all. You had a Roman soldier that was chained to you. So you couldn't go anywhere without that Roman soldier. Okay, And here Paul is, he's like, you know what? The entire palace guard, the entire prison knows who I am. I love the story of Paul and Silas where they're singing and, and praising God even while they're sitting in prison because they see the importance of it. it. It's not a matter of where they're at. They're not worried about where they're at. They know that God has a plan and he's already doing something. And guess what? Because he has a plan, I'm just going to do it, deal with what I have and make new opportunities. I'm going to make sure the Roman soldier guy next to me, he's going to know who God is. And some of you need to hear that this morning. We get so stuck in the situation that we don't look at the opportunity that God's giving us. We're so quick to pray, God, get me out of this situation instead of God, what, can I, what, what are you trying to teach me in this time? We hear it all the time, but he turned lemons into lemonade. 
He decided instead of wallowing with where he was, at, at, like most of us would, including myself, he said, okay, God, I have a new opportunity to reach different people. He didn't care about the rumors and the letters that were trying to stir him. He saw an opportunity to do something great even within the prison. And hear me this morning. I'm going to get a little preachy this morning. You need to hear me. Some of you need to stop worrying about what Facebook says, Twitter says, Instagram. Sometimes we get so bent out of shape over the small little things. The small little things that don't even really matter. Or at least matter as much as you think it does. Which brings me to my last point, number three. You have to choose to focus on what really matters. Philippians 1, 15 through 18 says, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of the selfish ambition, not sincerely uh, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is being preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. What does it matter? Christ is being preached and the word does not come back void. It's really about just changing your perspective and your direction on what actually matters in life. Anybody that has ever known anybody that has given, been given a time frame to live understands that. I remember when my mom, she, uh, when she had brain cancer, she passed away at 36. But before she passed away, I remember her writing in her journal when she first found out she had cancer. And she wrote into a journal for all three of us kids on things that she wanted to see in her life, to see things happen in our lives. I can promise you there wasn't anything in there saying, man, I wish we would have had steak tonight. That, that was, that it, that, because that stuff didn't matter to her. There was things that really mattered to her that she wanted to see happen. And sometimes that's the type of focus change that we need. Is this, what, what does it matter? What's important? What do I need to focus upon? We're so quick to focus upon the things that, that don't really matter that it removes us away from joy. We allow emotion to start controlling who we are. She always cared about relationships. They were important to her. In fact, when it, during her last couple of months that she was living, I, I remember her talking to now my wife, but at the time my girlfriend, at about 2 in the morning, and I'd walk up and I'd be like, who are you talking to? And she'd be like, Angie. And I'd be like, Mom, she's got school tomorrow. You know, and she, you know, I, she'd hang up the, you know, she'd be about ready to hang up the phone. I'd be walking down the stairs, and she'd be like, "I'll call you back in five minutes." <laughs> <laughs> but she knew what was important to her. Some of us need to get that into our mindsets. What's actually important? Don't allow the things that are coming up through social media or all these things to, that can bend us out of shape when God has something way more better for us. When God wants so much more for us. Paul just decided to have a different attitude in the circumstances and focus on what really matters. In Philippians 1.21, he says, For to me to live in Christ and to die is to gain. What he's saying is it's a win-win situation. That's what he's saying. It's a win-win situation. Because if I get to live, I get to share Christ. And if I die, I'm up with him. 
So for me, it's a win-win situation. And some of us need to have that mentality. Is is that this is a win-win situation. I have the opportunity to show my joy to others while I'm here. And if I'm not here anymore, I know my, my mom is rejoicing in heaven. Again, this is coming from somebody who's about ready to be executed. When you have this attitude and circumstances around you don't control who you are, it makes a difference. By focusing on what really matters, you're telling the circumstances, who cares? Look what God is doing in the midst of, your tr- of this trouble. Because you know God, there, it's a win-win situation. That's really what God is, it, he tries to put inside of us. It's a matter of filling us up with joy. Joy is not, again, as I mentioned before, joy, you, it's not a matter of it just shows up. Some of you need to take the time to find joy. Because God wants something so much better, better for you. It's time for us to maybe stop focusing upon the things that don't matter. Stop focusing upon the small things when God has already a plan for you. And even though he's already has a plan for you, and even though maybe it feels like you're hitting every roadblock and every roadblock keeps coming your way and, and things like that, guess what? He already has a plan to work it out. Because God, God's a father. He wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you blessed. He wants that joy inside of you because with that joy, there's nothing better than that, is there? we all bow our heads close our eyes Father I just I thank you Lord that uh, that you are a, a true and heavenly Father Lord that you love us no matter the situations we've been through the, the things we've done I thank you Lord that uh, your joy is is our strength that it fills us up Lord even even when we feel like we're on empty even when we feel like we're in the valley and there's no way to get out. I thank you, Lord, that when we look upon you and we focus upon who you are, Lord, that you fill us up with that joy to see us move further than where we ever could even imagine. To see your promises play out that you've promised us since even before we were born, Lord, you had a plan already set before us. That's how amazing you are. I never want to leave here on a Sunday morning without giving the opportunity if somebody who doesn't know who God is. Maybe you don't really know what joy has, what joy really is. Maybe you've been living on this roller coaster of emotions, that, of, of happiness or, or depression and anxiety and fear and worrying. God does not want you to live in that anymore. He has something so much more for you. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never felt that real joy inside of you, I'm just going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. I just, I just want to have the opportunity to pray for you this morning and pray for you this week. If you've never given your life to Christ, 
and you want to have a relationship with him, not just, just, not just a prayer, not just some, some words to say, but an actual relationship with the heavenly father. He wipes away everything that you've ever done. No matter how bad you thought it was, he tosses it as far as the east is to the west. All he's looking for you to do is, is to let him in. And it takes a step of faith. So I'm going to ask, if that's you this morning, if you've never given your life to Christ, all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand and put it back down. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? We're all believers here this morning, but I, I want to pray over people, Lord, this morning too and this week. If you've been struggling, maybe you're going through the valley. Maybe you're struggling with depression as we talked this morning or anxiety or, or fear or worrying. And you've been struggling to have joy in your life, real joy that fills you up even during those tough times. I just want to pray for you this morning and this week. Again, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Did anybody at all, if you just put your hand up, anybody at all, put it back down. Thank you. Thank you, a couple of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Father, I pray over those people that raised their hands. And for those that maybe didn't raise their hands, I pray over them right now that no matter the situations that they're going through, I don't know everything that they're going through, whether it be health or finances or whatever it is, Lord, you are already working something out already for them. You already had a plan for them and you are working it out for them today, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just fill them with the joy that, that, you have, that you have promised us, Lord. That that would be their strength, that they would rely upon you and not rely upon what the world says or rely upon the things that they're going through or allow the, the circumstances to control who they are, Lord. But that you would fill them up with a joy that says, you know what, it doesn't matter what I'm going through because you are in charge. You are already making a way. You have already given me this promise and it will be completed. Thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hopefully you guys all got the word.